Hello and welcome to the Martini Scale, where we talk movies over martinis and provide our perspective on what is and isn't worth watching. We are three friends who all love film, so the goal of the show isn't to critique every detail, but to give you an honest perspective of what our experience is like when watching something, and perhaps more importantly, how drunk you might need to be to enjoy it. I'm Sean. I'm Natalie. And I'm Lena. And we have a special guest today. Hi, I'm John Hi, Jahan. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you guys for having me. Oh, thank you for joining us. It's very excited. It's an honor. Yeah. Very much a pleasure. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, I'm an entertainment professional working Ooh. at a big motion picture studio that Ooh. is... That sounds fancy. Yeah, and uh, I'm also a stand-up comedian. Ooh, where yeah. would we have uh, possibly seen you before? I am a producer on The Big Show LA, LA's biggest stand-up comedy showcase at Ooh. The Hollywood Improv, um, which I have performed on, and I've performed around town as well. That's exciting. So exciting. We're so glad to have you with us today. Thank you. Yeah, it is like having a celebrity on the show. Who's the celebrity? It's Natalie. (laughs) Natalie is always the celebrity (laughs) on the show. Natalie's a star. That's why I have a gold microphone. (laughs) I noticed. (laughs) Please listen to the last episode for context. Um, we do have a special episode for you guys today. We're going to be discussing two movies today. And Natalie, since this was your brilliant idea, why don't you tell us your thought process here? Well, we just recently watched the Netflix film Bird Box and thought that there were so many similarities to the story to A Quiet Place that we thought that this would be a great episode to discuss both movies back to back, how they compare, which we like better. And, you know, it's kind of like, you know, when Dante's Peak and... Volcano came out, and what are some other like combination movies where they always get released so, around the same time? I want to digress for a second because I have always wondered: is that literally just like one studio being like, "Hey, like that's their Universal's to... working on this," and so they're like, "We need something to like kind of compete with that." Yeah. Okay. Actually, yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. I feel like it happens all the frequently. time. All the time. It's a it's so. a concept called twin releases, actually, where oh, wow. where uh, studios will catch word of a popular script in development and will rush to find a very similar Or maybe script. rush to write a similar one. Right, <laughs> yeah, perhaps. exactly. And then they'll try to release it around the same time. That's interesting. I love that. I love it. Competition. Um, I do want to talk about the martini we're drinking today. Can we just mention first that there will be spoilers? Oh, because yeah, I just, of course. Because we got in trouble for that last time, and I don't want oh, people to get mad. Yeah, nobody knows yeah. what... It's always spoilers. Yeah, there will yeah. always be spoilers on the show. We just don't care if you haven't I do, seen it. If people are listening to us to kind of see, should I be watching this movie? 
That's going to be a little tough, though. Yeah. Well, maybe this isn't the show for them, then. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah, really isolating an audience. Yeah. It's okay. okay. Well, you know. Natalie, gonna... what are we drinking today? We can only do so much. I know. We are drinking... I wanted to go on the theme of, like, post-apocalyptic drink. What would you have accessible? This definitely tastes like a post-apocalyptic drink. <laughs> it's hit my veins and I got real hot all of a sudden. It is warm in here. It got real warm. It got a lot of yeah. warmth. Um, so I figured if you're wandering around the wilderness... Whether you can't see and you're feeling around, or you're trying you to, to one or you're trying to pick things quietly you for your martini, martini. Uh, this is a blueberry cucumber martini. Yes, it is. <laughs> and it, it definitely is that. Not a sponsor, but rain vodka. So oh, I feel yeah. like oh the my rain, god, I didn't even think about that I part. I thought about it, and I thought I was going to save it for myself. Oh, good for you. I'm trying to be funny. Usually, too. Natalie's <laughs> the one hogging all the trivia. So no, I'm hogging it too. Thank you. Yeah, good job. Thank you for hey, tuning in. Good catch on that. I know. Yeah. But maybe Rain will sponsor us now. I don't know. Ooh. All right. So Bird Box, just in case you don't know, is a 2014 post-apocalyptic novel. Um, and it was the debut novel by writer and singer Josh. Writer and singer? That's random. Josh Mellerman. I'm like Ooh. reading this for the first time as we go. It's <laughs> part of the joy of drinking while you um, do a podcast. The book was first published in the United Kingdom on March 27th, 2014. And um, it follows a woman who must find a way to guide herself and her children to safety despite the potential threat from an unseen adversary. The story is partially told, partially is an understatement, Mm -hmm. via flashbacks and takes place during three time periods. Bird Box follows the character of Mallory and is set during three different time periods. The beginning of The Problem, about five years prior to the events at the start of the book, shortly before the birth of the two children, and the present day. Um... That's pretty much it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That covers it. Yeah. All right. And then Quiet Place. Shh. A Quiet Place is a 2018 American post-apocalyptic horror film directed by John Krasinski, who wrote the screenplay with Brian Woods and Scott Beck. The film stars Krasinski alongside Emily Blunt. The plot revolves around a family facing struggles in a post-apocalyptic world inhabited by blind monsters with an acute sense of hearing. Okay, we don't know if that worked. We're going to keep that in and just kind of hope for the best I here. I think it's hysterical. Um, Natalie, do you have any interesting trivia that you'd like to cover Oh, before we dive in? Sure, why not? So Bird Box, um, and I thought this during the movie when I watched it, but they are communicating with somebody via walkie-talkie, and his name is Rick. And my first thought was, Oh, like Rick Grimes of The Walking Dead. Oh. And that is actually what the character's name was based off of. So I thought that was oh. kind of an interesting thing that I thought it during the movie. And that was actually intentional that I should be having that Oh, I that didn't thought. even realize yeah. that. Good so it, it validated a thought I had, which I appreciated. So, nice. um, And then Quiet Place. I thought this was kind of interesting because it's really interesting when you get movies like this where you're doing something a little bit different. I think like I Am Legend where it's... We're just kind of following one character for a really long period of time. It's kind of interesting. How can they be captivating and entertaining for a period of time just by themselves? And in this, where there's no dialogue for such an enormous part of the movie, the first dialogue doesn't occur until 38 minutes into the film. So everything that's happening is just visuals, sound effects, all of that. So I think that that's kind of interesting that you're kind of pulled into this movie and there's actually no dialogue for a long time. Huh. Now, is that trivia or is that just a fact of the movie? <laughs> well, it's, well, I'm not asking you guys questions. It's just like little I trivia. Little, gonna, little I thought bits. I was going to learn something. You didn't learn that? Well, it's, 
seems self-explanatory. I think he's just... <laughs> if you watch the movie, I mean, like, okay, yeah, it's the first... Okay, great. Thank you. First Thank you for it's judging fun. my trivia. <laughs> Does anybody else have any other trivia that they would like to include in this? Well, I think it's interesting that the original this ending is... of Bird Box, apparently, I do think this is probably trivia, Ooh, even if you've seen the movie. This is my favorite... Well, why don't you, this is your piece of trivia, so why don't you tell us about it, Lena? Well, should we say that before, we, well, I guess we're doing trivia, so I guess we should talk about it, but I feel like I'm far away, so we're moving closer. Um, but the original ending of Bird Box was much darker and probably would have ruined your Christmas. <laughs> Assuming you watch this before the if holidays. You, yeah. Um, in the novel, Mallory and the kids make it to the safe place inside where they find that everyone has forcefully blinded themselves. In a bid to stay safe, which I don't know if you remember when we were watching it, I was like, yeah, why didn't everyone just poke their eyeballs out? Yeah. Oh, instead of killing themselves? Because they ended up at the blind place. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, are that many people just there blind? Did other people arrive? Shouldn't they be, should they blind themselves? I was thinking, yeah, you should probably poke your eyeballs out. Interesting. To survive. Anyways. <sighs> yeah, I, I'm... Listen, this... I, w- I wanted to poke my eyeballs out watching the movie. Yeah, oh, me too. there you go. See? So can we kind of start by talking? We'll go into like some favorite scenes and stuff, but I still don't really have an understanding of like what they were seeing that caused them to want to kill themselves. And maybe that's just lost on me. Maybe it doesn't matter. That's. I think we're going to, I have some thoughts yeah. and my okay. not favorite things or yeah. things that didn't work. Okay. So I think we'll touch yeah. on that in a little bit. Yeah. We want to start with favorite scenes of Bird Box, Sean. Sure. Let's do that. Okay, go ahead. My favorite scenes, um, for Bird Box, I actually thought the beginning was, like, really the only good part of the movie for me, just because I felt that they did a really good job of setting the tone. Um, I felt engaged. I felt like I cared about where this was going. They lost me very quickly after that, but I think, like, in terms of exposition, I I was bought into everything in the first scene. What about you, Natalie? Uh, my favorite scene of Bird Box is when Girl volunteers to look while they're on the river. Mm. Do you want to explain who Girl is? Because that might be confusing to some people. That's her name in the movie, is Girl. Is the daughter. It's the, the young girl. The yeah. young girl. She's not given a name. She's called Girl in the movie. Do we want to talk Sandra about... Because Sandra Bullock doesn't want to... Her character doesn't want to attach herself as okay. their mother. So this kind of leaves them nameless and... She just is detached from them. Gotcha. So, girl volunteers to look down the river because they need some sort of navigation as they're going down this rapid on the way to their salvation, hopefully. And she has, like, this little lip quiver because she knows that means she's going to die. And it's so... I mean, she did an amazing job. job. And it was just, like, that hit me. Even though I didn't like the movie, I was still, like, really emotionally attached to, like... Her willingness to sacrifice herself to like for the safety of Boy and Mallory. That's so interesting to me because I legit did not care enough about any of these people by that point that I was like, I, <laughs> take the blindfold off. Like, you're, you're good. all just, of you, take it off. Please, let's all just do it. Everyone <laughs> poke their eyes out. There's a piggyback on your favorite scene, mm-hmm. though. Um, it was, I thought it was very powerful that scene, too. Not that that was my favorite scene, but um, it was also following. Uh, the moment where Boy volunteers and Sandra Bullock stops it because that's her actual son. Yeah. Right. And so Girl yes. kind of gets, kind of realizes that, at least my interpretation was that she kind of realized that Sandra Bullock wants her to volunteer. So I it was like, agree. I was like, damn. I think the little girl knew yeah. that that wasn't her mom and that she wasn't 
connected to her like the boy was connected to her. Somehow she got that. I think yeah. she just knew that. Yeah. And not that Sandra cared really about either one of them, but she cared more for the boy. Yeah. In, Naturally. With a, maybe yeah. the way she hugged him or something, but the little girl knew she wasn't part of it. It made it so much more heartbreaking. Yeah. Yes. Like, Sandra. I know, because she was so adorable. Yeah. I will say... She was brave. Uh-huh. The second favorite things that I enjoyed in this movie, and I say things because pretty much most of the scenes John Malkovich was in, his... He is so entertaining. Everything he does well, in he every movie... Well, he just brings intensity to things. It's intense. great. It's so fun. So when he's locked in the garage <laughs> and Gary's putting the birds in the freezer and just the, his recognition of like, I was fucking right, which he yep. had just told Sandra Bullock the night before. I may be an asshole, but I'm always right. Mm-hmm. He's telling... Like, he knew. Like, he is... Yeah always right like and that was kind of that notion that like this is how this situation is going to play out yeah he's like the one foreshadowing everything yeah yeah. so to me that recognition of like see he is crazy put the fucking birds in the freezer and he can't do anything although then that leads to a very frustrating scene of them (sighs) opening the garage and then that's just apparently his death it's like cover your eye you know how to get out of this like and this is your house. I'm yeah. very confused. Yeah. Like, it's like, oh, well, that's it. He's just gone. He's but just if gone. you think that someone is intentionally trying, if I'm remembering the scene correctly, you think someone's intentionally trying to, like, facilitate your death, you're not going to be thinking of, like, oh, I should close my eyes through that. Like, he's, I think he was probably focused on, like, how the fuck do I get out of this situation? Well, couldn't he just not look out? That's, that's what we're I saying. I mean, he just yeah. continued looking in. The house, or, but or, or is also it? when he could open his eyes in the garage, find something to break that damn glass with, and open the fucking door and get back inside. <laughs> it's, it's really frustrating. House. But I think that's why I found this film so confusing is because I didn't necessarily, I wasn't always conscious of like what does it take for these things yeah. to like in a quiet place. It's very clear that like loud sounds, right? right. But like there were parts of the movie where like in the beginning where some of the people are having the reaction to whatever this thing is, and then Sandra Bullock is still able to drive and get to safety so what what was she what were they seeing that she wasn't and why were they seeing it and she wasn't like that was just never clear like how was it spreading to people correct all of a sudden you saw like like if we're in the same situation but you see it and i don't yeah so how was yeah yeah her sister affected by it which we thought was her girlfriend for the longest time i know i thought so too well because sarah balsam whatever anyways um (laughs) Which leads me into my favorite yeah, scene favorite. when she fucking died. Oh, wow. Because I don't want to see her in anything ever. Oh. She's just the same all the time. Sarah Paulson? She's so, like, new. My favorite scene um, of Bird Box was um, Trevante Rhodes and Sandra Bullock start building their sexual tension. Oh, yeah. And um, Trevante starts talking about his aunt or sister's baby and how this is in the grocery store yes this is in the and he's like let me touch that belly of yours yeah he liked to touch your belly and i was like i don't know where this is going i know but it's like you like to touch your sister's belly it was so unnecessary that i don't know and he gave her a present of diapers i like the whole grocery store that scene (laughs) that scene made me laugh and i think that's why (laughs) it was my favorite because it was just so weird and like it's so unnecessary let me touch that belly no i haven't i I thought that they really did have natural chemistry that it was a weird conversation to like 
link them together that I thought was just unnecessary. My sister was pregnant once. Like I enjoyed like they lived kind of close to each other and they were kind of talking about how they maybe could have met at other times in their life. Mm-hmm. But I felt like that link of his sister being pregnant, I think it was, yeah. and that he liked to touch her belly, that was fucking weird. And it, does that mean like he is turned on by it? That's what I took turned from on it. By... Touching his sister's belly? That's what I took from it. Weird. Yeah. Great scene. Okay, well, Great now scene. that everything's awkward, is there um, <laughs> <laughs> any other favorite scenes? That... That, that okay, no, yeah, I just, I, I did like the whole grocery store thing. All of that was, yeah, like, really was worked. Fun. It established a lot of things between everybody, so. I yeah, and I enjoyed everything with Lil Ray. Mm, he just yeah. he just I mean he did such a great job in get out and just I every know. time I saw I don't I don't think it was intentional but I just couldn't stop laughing at yeah, everything he said. He just has such a great funny. presence. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it was it was a nice comedic relief for the movie. What about a quiet place? Does anyone have favorite scenes from a quiet place? Um I would say that I think it looked really good. So cinematically, it was shot beautifully. Um, Do you think us whispering well, probably. Okay. Um, so I thought we were just, we didn't want the monsters to come get us. Well, we don't. Okay. But I think we're safe okay. for now. Um, to me, I thought the initial concept of the idea of like, how do you survive in a world where making noise, it puts you in life-threatening danger. So I thought that that was really interesting. Um, and I think John Krasinski directing it did a really good job building the tension into all of the scares and you know, situations that they got themselves into. But I'm going to say that's about all of my favorite stuff. Oh, interesting. Oh, really? Yeah. Am I what next? What do you think? Um, can I go last? Yeah. Sure. <laughs> Lena, what did you think? Um, I didn't really enjoy it. My favorite part was when it was over. The qu- Quiet Place? Yeah. Oh, I interesting. Need, I need it to be over. Interesting. The scariest part. Which later is I'm one of the scenes I talk about, but... Uh, the scariest part was when she was about to step on that nail. I'm like, you knew it was going to happen. I'm like, no, you just blew it for me. Because it's, it's going to hurt. I've stepped on a nail before, and that shit fucking hurts. And, like, now you're showing the nail, and she's going to be doing something where she's going to not know, and then pfft, she's going to step on it. And it's going to make it even worse, because she can't scream. Yeah, it yeah. was real heavy-handed. We got it. Yeah. We know somebody's going to fucking step on this thing. Exactly. Yeah, they real definitely, annoying. like, play that. It, it yeah. was way too much. Yeah. I would say that I really liked, um... <laughs> It's going to sound super morbid, but, like, I actually like that they killed off one of the kids early on. And the reason I say that is because I definitely wasn't expecting that. Like, you you assumed that was going to happen, but then you're like, no, that's definitely not going to happen. It sets the stakes really (laughs) high. Totally. I I did enjoy that. That's exactly what I was going to say. And I really felt like because I wasn't expecting it, it really told me that, like, any other conventional horror tactics were kind of, like, fair game. Like, basically, like, five minutes into the movie going forward. Um and with respect to specific scenes, I really like the birth scene. I felt like that was the most intense one because I was like, how the fuck are they going to get out of this without her making a sound? Like, that's crazy. And then when you see the thing coming in behind her, like, when she's in the bathtub, that was just crazy. But yeah, those are what I thought were. Those are kind of my favorite scenes too, actually. I was going to say I really enjoyed the fact that they killed off the kid. I thought that was an important part of teaching America's youth to listen to their parents. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what an idiot. <laughs> well, and it just well, made you, like, dislike the girl so much. I was going to say, is it his fault or the girl's fault? Because she's, like, she's the one what? that gave him the battery I'll back, put right? the batteries in it. Yeah. That's true. That's a good point. I didn't think about and that. And then you had... Well, well, she can't hear that shit. 
But still, she, she doesn't know. know. She knows I think it maybe makes she sound. thinks. I think she thinks it lights up. Oh, because she can't hear it. She I don't know. know. I think it, it. What it does is it obviously. Well, sets I guess this, she does have the. Yeah. Yeah, it sets the thing. stage though for you realizing that the parents are probably going to resent her going yeah. forward mm-hmm. and then it becomes a matter of like as people begin to die <laughs> or have to be sacrificed like do they sacrifice her or like what you oh, know what my I mean? God. so like well, yeah. i don't know i mean i just i thought it was definitely an interesting twist to to things and i think that was the only time i ever felt a ton of empathy for like john krasinski's character because you could tell that like he was struggling with the fact that like this happened and he needs to forgive this person because it's his daughter but then can he like that was kind of an interesting struggle to watch on screen anything else that worked well for anybody else nope okay (laughs) (laughs) so moving on moving on to what did not work um i'm gonna go first bird box i just didn't like the movie um i think there was a reason why it was on netflix or why it went to netflix i guess um i have yet to see in this i don't know if People could disagree with this, but I have yet to see a film on Netflix that was like theater caliber film. Um, I think a to lot all of all the boys I've loved before. And you said that. Roma. Roma. So I have not seen Roma yet, and I actually would love to. Um, and I've heard that that kind of blows my theory apart. But I just, I feel like it just, it, their movies always feel straight to video for me. Like they just don't I ever agree. feel like something that I would like have been excited to go and watch in the theater and it's interesting because I actually almost went to see Bird Box it was playing here in LA it was actually playing in theaters a week before it was on Netflix and I was kind of like I there was so much hype around it I was like I'm gonna go see it in theater and I'm glad that I didn't because I don't necessarily think that there's value in watching this play out on a bigger screen interesting okay I also love Sandra Bullock and I this was not her strongest role um and then I would also say that the lack of the, it's I'm all for telling a story outside of like chronological order, like in a nonlinear fashion. Mm-hmm. Th- that did not work for me here. I haven't seen no because I never knew where I was in the film. Like I don't think it was executed in such a way that made me think like, oh, cool, I'm following the story, even though we're uh, three years ago or whatever. It just it didn't work for me. I have that exact same note. I didn't get that feeling at all. I totally <sighs> felt like I was following. Huh. I I mean I felt like I was following along, but I okay so I. I'll talk about this first. So to me, when you've shown me that they're on this journey on the river and it's the Mallory girl and boy, I know that Tom is dead. Yep. So this character that you're trying to get me to be attached to emotionally, I already know something happens to him. So I'm not getting attached to their relationship. I'm not getting attached to him. And he had so much charisma and charm that I wanted to like fall for him too while I was watching it. But I couldn't because I knew he's going to die. So to me, and then it also makes that impact of him dying so less important because it's like I already knew this was going to happen. Oh, I felt the opposite. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. I knew he was going to die. It's just like, oh, well, how is he going to die? So it's like, had it been a surprise and a shock, had they told the story line- linearly? Is that a word? Yes. Linearly? It can be a word. Sure, it's our podcast. Sure. <laughs> had they told the story that way where it was just following them along in a normal time frame, then I would have, I think, been a lot more shocked by his death I would have been a lot more hurt I would have been a lot more attached to him and been more attached to like them surviving this I agree the fact that they showed them on the river so quickly in the film for mm-hmm. me I was like okay so literally they're the only survivors cool yeah uh, why do I need to care about the rest of these people then exactly. making me watch an hour of, like exactly. I, yeah 
So um, one of the major things, there's a lot that I did not like in this movie. Um, <laughs> one thing I want to see, it's a quote by Steven Spielberg. Um, what you don't see is generally scarier than what you do see. I'm a huge believer in this. And I believe that when I'm making movies and working on horror films, when I'm watching horror films, generally people are creating the vision of what is scariest to them personally. Mm -hmm. And so that's what they're picturing. And so when you show them something, you're kind of alienating a lot of audiences that may not feel scary by what you're showing them. So if they're picturing what is scarier in their mind, then everybody's kind of got something in their head that is terrifying to them. They took this almost way too far because it's like, you're not showing us anything at all. We have no clear idea of like, is it a creature? Is it a monster? Is it fucking wind? Is it a dark fog? At some is point, it smoke? I kind of is felt it, like it was their worst fear coming to light that, or something. That's they what did they, say, that's somebody what they said, said that. that. But at the same time, people are saying, mom? Mom? Right. And it's like, so is it your mom? What do you, what well, exactly Maybe are because you something seeing? happened to the mom and she witnessed it. And so yeah. she, now she's witnessing it again. Yeah. And but it's, then it's, and then Gary was drawing the pictures of like the creatures and that I don't were even all know in the Well, because to be Gary like, was the guy was, they let in that the they shouldn't they let have in let in. House. Yeah. Well, my one, he, weren't there a couple? No, he had the those? gray suit on and he's the one that started all the chaos in the house. John Malkovich. Oh, gotcha. So when he had come in, he said, oh, there's all these people out there that are trying to get everyone to look they're being i don't know if he said they were being trained to do this but something and so he when all those drawings is i think that he's putting it out there so that people get these images in their head he's being taught to scare get people to be scared and to see something that they need to see to die because basically he they want everyone to die but this guy can stay alive okay but so that's the other thing that was confusing to me because apparently there's like a subplot of like people that have a certain mental illness yeah. right. don't have the desire to kill themselves and I didn't necessarily understand how those people were so special other than like after I went back and read I was like oh so they had a mental okay I guess that That's, made sense they're but. able to see it and he was drawing the creatures because that he I saw I think that he always sees them because I think he's got something going on where that stuff isn't scary to him because he's always seeing stuff. But what was it about? And this is, I, I, I just have so many, I have more questions than I, yeah, and I don't even care about my questions. Like yeah. if you don't ever tell me the answer, I'm going to be fine. Like it's one of those type of things. <laughs> yeah. But like, I just don't understand every horror movie that's come before this, people see scary things and they don't kill themselves. The thing might kill them, but they don't, you know what I mean? They don't mm-hmm. have that desire to be like, oh my God, this is so much I have to, jump off a building or something. I think that was, well, you know, one of the big issues was whether it was like a force, especially in that finale scene where she's running through the forest and it, you could see it coming from like three different angles yeah. in the Just forest. The and it's like fog. when, yeah. mm-hmm. but then at the same time when she's in that house, you can see a shadow underneath the door. So you're like, is this a person? Is it like a place? Is it, just targeting but then her, that for me, that's it? where it comes back to like, is that because that was the, the thing that that person was the most scared of in their life yes. that caused them that? Yes. And that would that if I had seen that for you, would I have not been scared by that's that? That's what I think. Okay. That's what I took from it. Like, I don't know if this is funny or not, but just like that Zoloft cloud that follows you around and you're oh. the only one who's standing underneath of it. You're the only one that sees it and you're in the shadow of this cloud and you're sad and, blah, and whatever it is because it's affecting you the way it affects you. Is this, this the like, commercial for Zoloft or is this your personal experience for Zoloft? <laughs> no, I, I just think it's the commercial. Okay. Again, like I said, like this idea of like it's scarier to not see this thing. I, I think it's you're supposed to tease it out. So had we, you really have kind of 
the world is your oyster Mm -hmm. as these filmmakers to create scary things that it's going to constantly be different. So you're not married to showing one monster Mm -hmm. the whole time and making that scary throughout the whole movie. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of could be a fun moment that you get to show so many different versions of what is making these people kill themselves. So I think it could have been an opportunity Mm -hmm. had we seen so many different versions of what was possible and what these people were seeing. And not just let it be in their mind. And not just let it be in their mind. Like show us what it is that's driving. Totally. these people to that totally. point That'd be a I very think that movie. then I'm then I'm well, really thinking about what I'm what I'm scared of might not even be the same but those first um now I forget the name of the damn movie it was just on my head has any while they you're were, thinking like, about with that with a video camera and it was in like the house the Clover. HS huh? Cloverfield Cloverfield no, 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 before that before Where? that it was like a couple and like there was something going on in the house paranormal was, activity yes yeah, oh, where yeah. you never saw anything, it was just the sound. But, it was but you know what it is. You know that it's a ghost. You know it's an entity. You see the footprints. Like all of those moments build up. You no, never but, but actually that's what I'm saying. It. But yeah. that's what I'm saying. You never saw it. But, but it's, it's okay. It it was okay because it built you up to be scared of something. Sure. But that something could have been anything. Well, we know it's a ghost. We know it's not. But like, do, we? do we? Because that's my. Like I think that's why Lena's no. point. That's is, what I'm it saying. Works do because you? In it's paranormal activity, what a ghost you know it's feet? paranormal in paranormal activity. Right. In this one, was it paranormal? Was it their fear? Was yeah. it, I don't fucking know. Yeah. Has anyone read the book? No. Okay, because I know that oftentimes there is a loss in translation between, mm-hmm. you know, what the author intended with the book and then what the screenwriter does with that material. And I wonder if that's the case here. Like, mm-hmm. is the book maybe a completely different experience where you have well, so much more context? Ending with the whole thing though for me like honestly I just don't well did you guys read that they they had a deleted scene where they had the monster I did read (laughs) that they did film they filmed scenes with the monster in it but the way that they had created the monster was too comedic for Sandra Bullock that she kept breaking character and laughing every time they every time they filmed that she kept she kept saying it looked like a long baby Oh, like a giant, yeah. long but I, and baby. that's what I think was like her fear was being a mother, and she didn't really want to have those kids. So I think uh, that that is her fear coming oh. to life. But it's if you're only going to show us one, and it's going to be like, this ridiculous. Is baby that enough thing. to make you want to kill yourself? I think like you I mean, know, I think just, that was also like I had a little issue with the fact that it was like it's supposed to be your biggest fear, but does everyone's biggest fear? force them to kill themselves that's that's exactly my you point know, so, I, didn't, and, and I felt like the movie was building to the point where i mean obviously it's based off a book but i kind of had i felt like it was building to a point where sandra bullock would open her eyes face her fear and overcome it mm-hmm. like I, I kind of was like that hoping something like movie. that yeah. where she faces it and you kind of see it and she overcomes it but then it was just do you like, think she or the little girl did and then she saw everything and saved everyone i mean but do you think she kind of did that in a sense by like saying, you know what? No, I'm going to save both of you, and I'm going to care about you, and I want us all to get out of here. But that's no, kind but of you her. didn't care about any of them enough to, I don't for think that to matter. She even I still know. cared about them. I don't think she cared about herself. Like I don't think Sandra cared about her character because that she didn't really give a lot in that. I don't think she. All of them. Natalie, I have a question for you from like a production standpoint. Mm-hmm. So, and I'm trying to think of how to best articulate this. But when a film like this goes into development. I know that you guys with your film had talked about potentially like maybe Netflix would buy it. Mm -hmm. It was already done and then they would buy it. And I know with the film like this, is it in development and it's like almost wrapped and then Netflix outbids another studio or did like, does everybody that's a part of this know that it's going to Netflix while they're filming it in this instance? And the reason, 
I don't know in particular on this one, but it's Doesn't it Netflix could go both ways. Yeah. Studio, yes, and this, yes, that's why I'm sure, curious yeah. to know that. Like, I really do wonder in this instance because this is the worst Sandra Bullock film I've ever seen. And I've, I mean, I've honestly, I've watched. <laughs> oh my god, what about All About Steve? Or what oh, is that fucking terrible movie? Is... But was that like super early in her career? No, the, the no. Oh, really? The proposal. Bradley Cooper's hey, in it. The proposal was. The proposal was a good movie. But like, no, because I just wonder, like, Sandra Bullock maybe just at a point where she's like, this is going to be on Netflix. I'm not going to like show no, up. No, I think I think Netflix is trying to make significant moves in the industry to, to try and to. bring content that is, you know, similar in budget and scale to what you see in the theater. Because I think people are assuming that most people want to stay home and watch movies, so they're trying sure. to give you that same experience, a new release of yeah. a film in your own home. Which sure. I I like this idea. I think it's yeah. fine. I do too. I do too. And I I do. Bl- and I, their television, they do a brilliant yeah, job with tele- that. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that this is an original that they were a part of through the development phase. I think that they paid for it and were a part of the production of but it. But for I don't the record, think... they can also buy a film and call yeah, it a Netflix think they... original after the fact. Yeah, I don't think they acquired this after the fact. I think maybe they were thinking, oh, they're watching it at home if they can pause it and they can go. So it's not <laughs> like it's not like you have, yeah. to, watch, you have well, to sit there and watch the movie. One issue where you were saying earlier is how it felt, felt like a Netflix movie, Yeah. right? Yeah. And so, And I think... Like, they do a great job of putting the money into it in terms of production quality, like, mm-hmm. yeah, it you know, did look good. C- cinematically. But I think they, and this is my personal opinion, it just seems like this movie was incomplete. Like, yeah, there was a lot, of, agree. a lot of incompleteness to it. And I don't know if that's because Netflix is trying to pump out 80 movies this year or whatever it is. And yeah. they're like, you know, script's good enough, stamp a green light on it, get going, let's move, work on to the next one. And I think that ultimately will hurt them in the long run, but... I mean, well, and it I just, just felt like that for this one. As as someone that loves film as much as I do, I think that watching a film in a theater is a completely different experience than watching it in your living room, even if you have like a great television and a great sound system or whatever. And so I just wonder if there's something about like the art of film that's being lost on these, you know, Netflix exclusive, whatever. Like, I just, I don't know. I, I do wonder if I would have maybe enjoyed this film in a different way had I seen it in a theater. I wouldn't go watch it now in a theater, but... It's a good point because... Yeah. Like Roma, they're saying like you yeah, have to see that in theater. I saw Roma in theaters. I know this should be another episode, but I saw Roma in theaters because I knew if I watch it at home, I wouldn't appreciate. You don't it have as your much. undivided attention, right? Like right. it's. I know when I go and see a movie in a theater, my phone is off. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to be distracted by a screen or someone's right. talking or whatever, right? And so, you I don't just know. Pause it. I mean, I don't. I I like what Netflix is doing with movies, like what they did with Adam Sandler, and you do a film yeah. deal and you make these really fun, just kind of. You can have it on in the background and not really pay that much attention to it. I think that's fine. Their comedy specials are great. They're giving a platform for a lot of comedians, totally. which I think is awesome. Maybe sometimes it's like totally watering down like the comedians that you're actually like wanting to support. But it is like I think they have like 75 new like specials for comedians like this year or something. Is there ridiculous. any news you'd like to break on this podcast? <laughs> uh, I am available next. <laughs> <laughs> but I think. Them trying to get into a space where maybe financially can't commit to a movie that needs the money to tell the story appropriately. Like $100 million as opposed to Yeah, 10. like maybe that's what it would have made this movie a little bit more successful and better is that you've got money to spend to actually create creatures and visual effects that will work for people. If you're limiting yourself to a box that you really only have so much money to spend, you only have so much to work with, then you're kind of constrained in this Invi- yeah. I don't know. What was the it's budget me. on on Brewbox? 
but I can look that up. But I think to me more movies like To All the Boys I Loved Before where it's like that's kind of a simple idea and you've got really fun cast and, you know, I think... To me, that's something where it's like, great, like this is how you should be spending your money. But I still, it's totally a romantic comedy budget. You can do so much more with like five million on romantic comedy than you can something like this. I thought it was interesting that each suicide was different. I don't know if anybody noticed. Was it though? Because I didn't. Literally every suicide. The first time you see anything is that lady starts slamming her head into the window. Yeah. What are you doing? And everyone's like, she's at a hospital. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Intense. It was a good scene. Yeah. And then you get someone sitting in a burning vehicle, someone mm-hmm. jumping out of a window, someone shooting themselves in the face, stabbing in the heart, stabbing, stabbing in the neck. Stabbing herself in the neck. Yeah. It was oh. very final. It was almost like Final destination Well, that's, yeah, you've got a lot of opportunity to show yeah. a bunch of different kills, which is really fun if you're doing a horror movie. But then I think, again, missing the mark on not showing a lot of different like why? Scary things. What are they seeing that's causing them to do this? It, like they could have had so many jump scares and really fun things that made us like more entertained, but yet we're just watching somebody slit their throat or whatever, jump out a window. Like that's not as. All right. So in terms scary. of quiet place, yeah, I will go first and say that I didn't necessarily always understand what level of volume exactly differentiated between them coming versus not coming Mm -hmm. that was a really like that was like always on my mind because i was like well they're making some noise like why isn't you know what i mean as opposed to like oh just another decibel was gonna bring them like i didn't that was never clear to me not that it was so distracting but i yeah that was my thing would you have preferred if they carried like a decibel meter on them during the movie? <laughs> I mean, something, oh. something, like in the corner. something so that like they knew. So it's like sound was happening. Totally. Like, mm-hmm. oh, that's oh fuck. Like maybe because you look at that and you're like, oh my god, they're coming. Like we, I don't know. Too loud. No, I yeah. agree. I agree. Um, what did not work for this movie? I the entire time, this just kept playing in my brain. I couldn't understand the idea of bringing a child into this world. Where totally monst- agree with you. Like, totally agree. There's monsters and they come with sound. Like that whole idea was asinine to me. Like I get you want to get busy in the post-apocalyptic word world, but pull out, man. What are you doing? Yeah. Why are you bringing a baby that is going to make noise? It's not going to have understanding of like, oh, I can't make noise because there's monsters out here. Like, well, that's what, what always distracted me. Because and it's I like, thought, is this a replacement baby for the kid that you lost? How like, do you train the kids? That was always like, okay, so obviously it's the having of the kid, which I still don't know how you can get through childbirth without making me sound. Exactly. But the fact that like once the kid is like, the kid's not going to understand not to make noise until probably they're like three-ish. And then also, how does that affect them mentally if no one's talking to them? Well, sure. But I'm also saying that like, it just doesn't make sense that like the kid's well, not no, ever going to make noise. Right. Well, yeah. I think I think the motive may have been now that you brought it up, Sean, was um, that they wanted to replace the kid that they had taken, and given the fact that they. I mean, I brought that know, up, but great, give him credit for it. <laughs> thank you. I'll, t- I'll take the credit for that. Thank you. Anyway, I I, I see what you're saying, and I think that's the only I, logical explanation. I just, to me, yeah. every single time they were in a situation of like grave danger, I just kept going back to the idea of like you wouldn't be in this situation you did this had you not decided to fucking get pregnant and yeah. have a kid in this like mm-hmm. i just don't get it yeah. i understand you're still gonna want to have sex great for you totally buy that have quiet sex no problem you know but it just why are you having a fucking kid 
I think that is crazy. So I was just well, like, even if he did, pull Quiet out Sex, I think is a different that. movie. Not a lot. Like, <laughs> but even if that happens to you, what did you want them to do? Did you want her to go to somebody to get rid of it? Well, I mean, there is nobody but to do that. But that's what I'm saying. So how? You wanted them to not be stupid then, enough to have. Know, maybe, maybe then for my mind, address that this is not a situation that they tried to get into. It felt intentional. Oh. It felt like they were intentionally trying to have a kid to replace the old kid. Oh, and so the whole that. time I was thinking that that's why they're doing this. And they wouldn't be in danger or they would continue. Because it seems like everything else was really smart. They had a lot of safety precautions and stuff. They should have made an entire room for them to live in that's soundproof, like the basement they were trying mm-hmm. to make for the kid to be in. But it's I just like that you need... all of this effort is going into this situation where it's like, I really think you're not going to have any control over it, which you didn't. You lost complete control. I mean, the only it. thing I can think of is that the entire climax of the film, <laughs> pun intended, is <laughs> is the birth of this kid. Yeah. And it incites all these other things, right? Yeah. So without that pivotal scene, I, I you wouldn't really have a that. movie. I agree with you. I think it's stupid. But I also but... think that it's interesting. How do you survive in this like environment? I think it could have been something else that drew them. Yeah to it and also it's like if things are loud like you can go to a waterfall and be safe and talk at a normal level go build your fucking house next to the waterfall then what are you doing out in a quiet field yeah and I think no I mean I think <laughs> what the fuck are you doing it's you understand you told us that this is what you could do so go live there what the fuck? That was the, big, that was the biggest problem. Go and have the baby there, yeah. and then, yeah. Oh, yeah. Live in Seriously, there the go have the baby yeah. behind the waterfall. Natalie, the movie's called A Quiet Place, because that's where they live. <laughs> Let's pick the quietest fucking place, <laughs> and then when a fucking marble rolls on the floor, we're going to, like, all die. <laughs> it's true. I mean, that was the biggest problem for me in the movie. It was like, yeah. as soon as he goes to the waterfall, he's like, look how loud we can be here. Yeah. I was like, end of movie. Should I have the whole... Why don't you live there? <laughs> I yeah. don't I don't, why don't you live there? Yeah. I mean, we know how challenging it is to make a podcast without making noise, so I can't imagine living in that world. There's no way. Just, I'm too loud. Your martini glass alone would bring them. <laughs> also, you couldn't drink uh, uh, in that scenario. That would be a bummer. Just to add something new into it, but the birth scene, uh, for me, you know, was okay, but I felt like in other scenes where noise was made... The monster came and killed it, like killed that kid so fast, and she's like painstakingly having this baby, yeah. and like the monster's like so slowly going up the stairs and like reach, and she, it's just like too nick of time, like. But that's why I'm I so was like, curious. Just kill her. I mean, it's. Like, <laughs> I totally agree with you, but like, I don't. That's why I need a clearer understanding of like what specifically brings them out. I have a vague understanding that noise brings them out, but like, why was some noise? Because there was also another moment like earlier in the film. Or like they're all in the house and there's a noise that's made but nothing happens or like it comes but then he like there's something outside that distracts them I don't know and it's like well why wouldn't you always then have a plan to distract them like you know what I mean like if you know that they can be distracted and something else can noise you make a noise here and then they come but you make another noise over there yeah, that you made sends all them these away. contraptions in, in your house like that's like, the most logical thing you could do something that you pull that rings over there so yeah. it, it goes away from where you are and you should have that all over the, if you're making booby traps everywhere yeah maybe, they should be making maybe, noise booby traps maybe they were just like adrenaline junkies who are like let's have sex and have a baby and like see how like close we can get to death yeah it seemed like that that's what they were doing i mean honestly after living this way to a certain point i want to be in like bird box and just kill myself because i don't want to live in a quiet place (laughs) (laughs) can we just combine these movies and just save us in trouble interesting um is there anything that stood out to you natalie uh i mean for 
Bird Box, Trevante Rhodes. I mean, I loved him in Moonlight. I think he's somebody really we should be paying attention to. And I really, he was, even though I knew he was going to die because he wasn't in that fucking boat in the beginning, <laughs> I still was like, you know, attached to him a little bit and kind of excited to see what he was going to do. And he was right. very charismatic. He was very sexy. I get why very. she fell for him. What's he going to do um, to that belly? I don't know. <laughs> and then John Malkovich. I just love him. So he's just, you know, a stable piece of actor. I don't know. That's a weird yeah, way I to found say his character that. annoying in this movie. A piece? This, like, Martini? No, it's not a piece of ass. I don't know. It's a piece of actor? Well, I don't, he's not really a piece of ass that I want. <laughs> I don't know. John I'm, Malkovich? It's, I'm a Martinian. I can't. I know, John hot. Malkovich is Words your type? Words are getting harder. Is that what I'm hearing? <laughs> what? What is your type? Is it still like red hair? I'm just digressing for a moment. I do like gingers. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, she I do. Ginger. All right. So if, if there's any gingers listening. Yeah. Natalie and Michelle. Or Toronto Rhodes. The Martini yeah, Scale. Okay. Com. <laughs> well, interesting. I, do, I didn't see Moonlight. I want to see it, especially if he's in it. He is gorgeous. And I think he was so entertaining. Like, he was... I. Definitely wanted to watch him, not just because he's hot, but like he added something mm-hmm. to it. But uh, looking, he doesn't have anything in produ- like production, and nothing is going on on his page. And I'm like, who's not hiring this guy? He's so great. Everyone else, like even Machine Gun Kelly, who I was like, Ooh, what the heck? Yeah. Also hot. <laughs> Love guys with the fake blonde hair. I don't know. I always have a thing for that. But then he's got like five things coming out. Well, yeah. and I'm like, what about Travolta? Let's get this guy some work. On the Machine Gun Kelly note, uh, him who was the girl that he was, his love interest in Bird Box? What's her name? I don't recall. But where did they go? But she was just, oh, they took off. They went to go they fuck the, and live in the grocery they store. They went to the grocery store. They just went there. And because not... that was the moment when he said John Malkovich was like drinking in the aisle. And he was like, he was why, like, why don't, why don't we just live, live here? here? And she in her looked. eye, she was like, oh, yeah. smart idea. Um, so they were coming back to yeah. go fuck and eat all totally. they want and drink all they want. I mean, if you're going to do it, live in the grocery store. That makes the most sense to What about A Quiet Place? Anything stood out? Anyone? I mean, I would say cinematically, it was it was. I like the way it looked. Yeah, it was a good movie. The tension, the suspense. Even though I was frustrated that they were having a baby still in the bathtub, like I was scared when the kids were in the corn thing. I was like terrified yeah. for them. So there yeah. was a lot of moments like that where I was. St- he, he did a good job building the tension. I think stuff. it was a great horror film. I yeah, mean, if you suspend was... your disbelief more than you might normally need to in a film like this, I think it works. Yeah, it was suspenseful. I got scared and jumped a couple of times. I still, yes, throughout was really frustrated that they were even in this situation. But I, those moments were sure good. Was there any clarity at any point? And I could just not be remembering correctly, but like as to why they were in the situation? Like what, was it an alien that came down? Like what exactly caused the quiet place, the quiet place That's what to I be a thing? I feel like it was an alien invasion. Okay. Um, especially when you start seeing them, they obviously have all these, they look like aliens. Yeah. I don't think they look like monsters because they all look the same. Yeah. Um, and then you can tell that they can't see because when they hear sounds, oh. didn't their veins like light up or something? Mm-hmm. It seems very alien. So, yeah, I, I agree. And I think the other thing too that was interesting about this film in particular is that usually at the end of these kind of movies, you have like the bird box scenario where like they find the rest of the humanity that's found a way to live and mm-hmm. that didn't happen in a quiet place it was like okay well life's still gonna suck for them you know what i mean mm-hmm. unless i'm not remembering that correctly well there's a sequel coming out so there is a yeah. sequel coming out yeah so this film it helped me to see john krasinski and john 
John Krasinski in a different light. Um, because I always see him as Jim from the office and this helped some of that subside for me. Everyone made a big deal about this. Yeah. Yeah. Which, which is why it I felt wanted like him to first. impress me because I was like, oh, here's this guy from the office. And he's going to do like a horror. And I love horror movies. So I'm like, oh, I want to. And I was just, I didn't like his character. I didn't like, I didn't like a lot of the movie, to be honest. But I, didn't, he, I wasn't impressed. I was like, I don't want to, I don't really care. Like, he didn't do anything special. And just knowing, you know, that he's not a nice person, I just can't like him. <laughs> he's like, what the fuck is that light? It turns into a disco club at 45 minutes into the episode. Yeah. It's hard to explain, but you'll get it. It's Lena's phone. I appreciated the fact, I mean, back to your trivia, that the first line wasn't said until 38 minutes. I, mm-hmm. I think there's something to be said about the ability to move a story along without any dialogue. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really appreciated about the that about the movie, that it did not rely on dialogue, something that... You know, even like, you know, Christopher Nolan did with Dunkirk, which was like extremely impressive, you know, feat in movie mil- in movie making to be able to move the story along without dialogue. Mm-hmm. Something I appreciate. I agree. Cool. Well, Lena, what was your martini score for Bird Box? I definitely needed at least three martinis. Mm. Um, I enjoyed it way more than I did A Quiet Place. It was a little bit more interesting to me. Like, I wanted to, like, see what was happening. But I definitely need alcohol. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I would say my martini score for Bird Box is four martinis. I need to be pretty pretty fucking blitzed to get through that thing. I'm never going to watch it again. It was very frustrating. I was frustrated by all of their decisions. That's yeah. I did not enjoy that movie that much. Yeah. Uh-huh. My martini score uh, for Bird Box. I'm gonna give it three martinis. Um, oh. Be a little buzzed. You know, honestly, I didn't mind looking at Sandra Bullock for two hours. Oh, I, did you want to rub her belly? I wouldn't mind it. Um, she, <laughs> you know, something a note about the movie. Her dirt really never went on her face. She had immaculate skin the entire oh, movie. That is an interesting. She's rolling point. around the jungle. It's probably and, in her contract. <laughs> I mean, even if you look at the thumbnail on IMDb, it's like perfect mouth, clean. True. Maybe it's Maybelline. I and don't the know. The kids were dirty. Um, the kids were yeah. So and <laughs> she was just dirty impeccable. Um, also, which I, I didn't mind. I don't want to interrupt you, but I've never said that those dummies she was carrying as she was running through the wilderness <laughs> were worse than the fake baby Bradley Cooper was holding. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what the fuck are these kids? I'm supposed to believe that these things flailing around in her arms are real children. <laughs> I was dying. Anyways, so yeah. Sorry. I mean, I thought all in all, Three, you know, that's, that's okay. That's I mean, given kind of, I'm you little, were entertained. I was entertained. You okay. know, yeah. you know, like I said, I appreciate the variety of suicides and <laughs> and uh, <laughs> you know, it was, you know, it was, you know, not bad. That's not bad. If they would have poked their eyeballs out at the end, I would have given it a one. Oh, like, oh yeah. Sean, what is your martini score? We've got a four, we've got a three, and a three. I'm going to go with a five because they're, realistically, there probably are not en- enough martinis to get me through this film again. I did not like it. I love to repeat films if I enjoy them. I don't want to experience that again. I feel like that's a pretty big thing for you to give a five martini score to a movie because you do. I love I mean, to the, watch movies again. The movies you enjoy also. <laughs> no offense, Mamma Mia. I, I was it. just going to say Mamma Mia. Mamma Mia. 
the fact that you talk about San Andreas, the amount that you do, and oh, how much you no. love that movie. When have I talked about that? I enjoy that movie. I mean, we haven't not... talked about it on the podcast, uh, but I mean, in Out real me. life, IRL, you talk about the movie a lot. I enjoy being it. entertained in a good apocalyptic yeah. film. This was and not this that. Didn't, this no. didn't do any, this didn't tickle you at all. No. Okay. I just feel like we, we should have taken the, the hint of the whole premise of the movie and just not watched it, right? Don't look. <laughs> how, <laughs> how long have you been waiting to say that? Did you keep that to the end? 45 minutes. Yeah. That's good. Okay, what about A Quiet Place? Lena? Five. Oh. If I could go oh. higher, I don't, I don't want to see any of this. I don't want to hear about it. I'm done talking about it. Okay. Let me move on because... Nothing. Taken. No. Sean, quiet place. Um, I'm gonna give it a two, just because it's not my favorite horror film, but I definitely found it enjoyable enough that it, you know, did what it did what I expected for the most part. Jahan, I'm gonna give it a one. Um, (gasps) You loved it. I mean, I'm, you know, I I like to give a little bit of, of credit where it's due. I think putting aside the major issue of living by the waterfall. (laughs) <laughs> and, and having that fucking baby um i think it was overall a well-made film i think um it was a great you know great direction great storyline i thought you have to put those two problems aside to allow the movie to i mean because if Do you I don't, have to because i really I mean, don't want to <laughs> i'm a nice guy you know i'll give him a yeah, you are. so okay fine. i'm gonna give it a three martini score i <sighs> I was just too, I wanted to like it. I really, really, really did. Mm. It was still pretty entertaining, but I was just irritated about this whole idea through the whole movie. I couldn't stop thinking about it. And so every situation that they got into, I was just frustrated that they put this on themselves. So, Well, there you have it. Yeah. Thank you for joining us for our first um, combination episode. What, what, what well, face we, off. What should we call these face offs? Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, I like that. Pun I mean, intended. I love that movie. Love there we go. Face off. Great movie. So should we do this again? What do you guys think? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I think it's okay. fun. Yeah. Well, you guys can let us know too if you'd like to send an email to themartiniscale at gmail dot com um, oh. with some feedback. We're always happy to to take your feedback and maybe do something with it. Maybe maybe or maybe not. we're not going to do anything. Maybe not. We're going to do what we want to do. We do want to thank our special guest today, Jahan. Uh, Thank you for joining us. Thanks, Jahan. As always, uh, we want to thank you guys for listening at home, too. So for more information, please be sure to visit themartiniscale.com, where you can find links to all of our social channels in addition to show notes and so much more. And if you haven't already, please head over to Apple Podcasts and rate and review us. It helps others discover the show. See you next time.